Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello there, my very good friends. On today's wrestling news video, we're going to cover all the details on the Britney Abrams versus WWE lawsuit. There was a shocking debut on last night's AW Dynamite. We'll have all the details. And we're going to cover a new report on a backstage AEW meeting between CM Punk and Chris Jericho. I'm Andy Murray. I'm Michael Humphrey. And this is the news. No Adam Wilborn right now, uh, but you'll have us twice. We're going to be here with this, this video. We'll have another one later today talking about... The draft, WWE draft, the World Heavyweight Championship, big signing for Impact, and some other stuff. Hmm. So, 5 p.m. US time, East Coast, midday UK time for that one. But right now, we're going to kick things off by talking about the Britney Abrams versus WWE lawsuit, which, uh, you know, kind of was filed on the 24th of April and it started entering the wrestling conversation yesterday. Bloomberg Law were the first to kind of report on it. But of course, as this is a court case, all the legal documentation is out there. Um, if you want to view it, if you want to read through it, there's about 31 pages or so more in other documents, but we've linked to it on our website. So the full documents are there for anyone who wants to go through the whole thing here. Um, but we're going to give you some quick fire details with as much context as we can right now. So Brittany Abrams is a former WWE writer. She is a black female and she is alleging that the discriminatory and retaliatory acts against the company, uh, by the company, against her uh, for, and this is a quote, challenging offensively racist and stereotypical jargon in company scripts. And she would have been challenging that in her position as a black female writer for the company, a position she held from 2020 to April 2022, when, per the lawsuit, she was dismissed for uh, taking a WrestleMania-branded chair home, uh, despite this purportedly being common practice in the company and something that white writers hadn't faced punishment for. Um, so, Abram's suit claims, uh, discrimin- and this is a quote again directly from the lawsuit, uh, discriminatory treatment, harassment, hostile work environment, wrongful termination, and the unlawful retaliation against the plaintiff, that being Abram's, uh, due to her race, color, and gender. Uh, amongst the defendants here are uh, WWE itself, Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, uh, some other executives here as well, writers Chris Dunn and Ryan Callahan. Uh, witnesses include Kyla Silvers, who was another of WWE's few black writers at the time. Uh, now, there's a bunch of examples included in this lawsuit. We will go over some of them right here. Bianca Belair is the subject of one of them. Uh, Dunn, not Kevin Dunn, Chris Dunn, like we mentioned earlier. Just so there's no confusion whatsoever. Who is, of course, a Raw Women's Champion. Uh, is it scripted to have said by Dunn several times, 
uh-uh, don't make me take off my earrings and beat your ass. Uh, and per the lawsuit, this is based on cruel, ugly stereotypes of dark-skinned black woman. Uh, Belair objected to this. She actually said to Abrams, per the lawsuit again, uh, three different times uh, that I told him I don't want to say that line, but he never listens to me. He puts that line in every week talking about Chris Dunn here. When this information was relayed to Dunn by Abrams, um, according to the lawsuit, uh, and this is a quote again, have to stress that, the defendants failed and or refused to take any immediate or appropriate corrective action in response. There was also a storyline idea pitched for Reggie um, that we, we can cover a little bit here. He's scripts in NXT at the moment, of course. This was a story that would have seen him positioned alongside uh, Carmella. He would have been dressed in drag as part of this storyline. Opposite them, Shane Bourne would have been given a hunter gimmick. And he would have hunted Reggie down, captured him, and Reggie would escape repeatedly. But the one I think that got the most traction here um, was that Callahan, who we just mentioned, actually blew out this pitch. Mm -hmm. It was a storyline that would involve Mansoor, Aaliyah, and Angel Garza. As part of this storyline, per the allegations, Mansoor would have had a secret. That secret would have been revealed that Mansoor was the mastermind behind the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Mm -hmm. Just to editorialize that a little bit. Mansoor was born in 1995, mm. and those attacks took place in 2001, yeah. obviously. On her dismissal, Abrams alleges, direct quote again, in the years prior to plaintiff making her complaint of discrimination, uh, WWE did not subject employees to disciplinary action in response to taking the removable temporary limited edition WrestleMania branded chairs from the WrestleMania events. Uh, Abrams is seeking reinstatement, damages, declaratory judgments, and an injunction restraining the defendants from engaging in such unlawful conduct. Uh, and WWE is yet to comment on the lawsuit. So what we can't do with a situation like this is pretend that we are some kind of legal no. experts who can talk about the potential ramifications and the yeah. outcomes and all that stuff. That would be very inappropriate of us. But we've gone over the details, some of the content of the lawsuit for you there. Like I said, the full suit is available linked on the site, but you can also just Google it. I mean, these, these things are public knowledge. Stacey Abrams versus WWE. Uh, when there are major developments on this situation, we'll bring them to you. Yeah, it's obviously there's some, you know, very ugly allegations in yes. here. Um, and WWE's response will be interesting, as will be, I suppose, the response from the Endeavor Corporation that now own. Yes. WWE. This is the first situation that WWE found themselves in legally while under now the, the the new world, as it were. You know, like WWE have fought countless legal battles in the past, fighting being the operative word. They typically like to take these things to court. We, the fact we know Jerry McDevitt's name speaks volumes about that. The amount of time Vince likes to fight these things. Will that be the case now? Will they try and settle? Will there be an admission of guilt? We, as Murray says, we don't really know any of that. But just to sort of editorialise as best as we can on the things that are outlined in here. Um, it's interesting that something that to all of us might sound trivial, such as the taking of a chair, could be a bit of a difference maker here. You know, the idea that this is... It's the difference in the treatment. Yeah, isn't it? the difference yeah. in the treatment of people over an incident that might to some people seem like meaningless kind of reveals and pulls back a world within this lawsuit that is far worse. And, you know, a world for the not just for the employees within the company and writers, but maybe people that don't feel comfortable within that yeah. setting but don't feel like they can speak up, yeah. the wrestlers themselves that perform. Um, outlined in this, alongside some of those storylines, was the Apollo Crews one that made it 
wholesale to television, yeah. you know. Um, the accent in particular is mentioned as well. Yeah, the, the, the um, obviously kind of like, he, is, he was characterised as like returning to his Nigerian roots and he picked up a new accent, an entirely different look. He won the Intercontinental title in a Nigerian drum fight at WrestleMania 37. Created a lot of conversation at the time around the controversy around the gimmick, but then Cruz achieving the most success in his career and... Yeah. Nobody really knowing exactly where anybody could or should sit on that other than Cruz himself, I suppose. But then the Bianca Belair point makes it clear that how much agency do talent have in this situation or how, when do you choose your battles and all of those awkwardness and, of course, just the, the general ugly tone and the, the toxic nature of some of these claims and allegations. Um, the next statement in the next few days in response to this, I think, will be will be very interesting. Yeah. Um, how... Yeah. How WWE is reflected as an organisation as a result of that, I think we'll be one to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you know, the allegations themselves, these situations that have been outlined as part of this lawsuit are horrendous. You don't need us to tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we will bring you developments on this as they come uh, on here and on whatculture.com. Uh, two more lightweight developments on screen rather than things behind the scenes. But last night's AW Dynamite um, brought about a surprising debut. Roddy Strong is hashtag all elite. Where on earth did this come from? Don't know. <laughs> uh, Roderick Strong made a run in uh, during Dynamite last night. He saved Orange Cassidy, Bandido and Adam Cole from a beatdown from the Jericho Appreciation Society, of course. Uh, then followed up with a big hug, drawing an enormous pop in the building for the reuniting of the Undisputed they, Era boys. They used to be in a club together. They sure they did. did. They sure did. The Undisputed Era, they reuniting. They are friends. As I suppose the other three did in AW last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Strong's kind of like the last guy to arrive on that front. But yeah, he, uh, he made it there. And what was, I think, as much as surprising as the uh, the debut itself was the fact that he'd been released from WWE. It's rare that we don't yeah. know of Pete being out of there. Uh, out of that company, Fightful uh, Select fleshed this out a little bit for us. They'd said WWE had been, quote, dead silent about his status. They uh, did add Fightful Select that it was pitched him to give a coaching role while his deal ran down. He did ask for his release last year. Yes, right. That was turned down. Um, they don't confirm if the pitch was ever made too strong and whether or not he yesed or noped it. We have heard about these coaching offers to yeah. wrestlers before, very talented ones at that. Um, but yeah, yeah. old man Roddy Strong, yeah. 39 years old, get out of here. How dare he? <laughs> he'd, uh, he'd been in the system since 2016, but in those six years, he'd never advanced past NXT. Yeah. That included when NXT rebranded to 2.0 in 2021. Uh, he was last seen last year being beaten up and taken out of his own stable by Damon Kemp, the Diamond Mine, and then that was that, we thought. Uh, but yeah, Roddy Strong, All Elite Wrestling. Um, loads of history with the people he came up with on the indies. Yeah. Of course, right now history yep. with Adam Cole. And a nice moment in the building, certainly. Yeah, good. Like, this was fun because I didn't see it coming. Because, mm. like you said, there was never any report that he'd actually been let go from WWE despite going missing. I think his last match was in September. Yeah. So, yeah, it's quite a while ago. Um, so it was like a genuine surprise because there was no speculation or anything on this. And that made it quite nice mm. and a bit of a change from, from the usual that we have these days where, like, like things are just... And I'm not criticising the reporters because they're doing the job and they're doing the jobs objectively excellently. Yeah. We're very lucky to have someone like like uh, Mike Johnson or Sean Rossap who scoops has scoops mm. coming out of the eyeballs. Uh, but sometimes it's also nice to have like a, a, like a legitimate surprise. Yeah, and that's what this was. So I think it's pretty cool actually. The details didn't get out beforehand. Uh, they paid for Kill Switch Engage for his song. I think that's cool as well. <laughs> Misery Signals would have been five percent cooler, but I'll take the Kill Switch. Uh, yeah, I, I'm very happy for Roddy because 
He is extremely well liked amongst mm. his peers. Uh, also, he's he's very good at this. And, and yeah, like I said, like I joked about earlier, he's still only thirty nine years old, which yeah. is mental. I've been watching him since like two thousand and three or something man. weird. And um, so yeah, him and Danielson get back together and rough up the young bucks one oh, more time on TV. Oh, oh, <laughs> brother, that's how we that's how we uh, make Dynamite get five million viewers. <laughs> Obviously, we're joking, but yeah, good for Roddy. I'm very happy for him. And there's lots of storyline stuff. You yeah. Can do. Uh. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Anyway, uh, we're speaking of AEW things that are, I don't know, CM Punk. Yeah, it's a- here we go again, CM Punk stuff. Right, remember last week it was reported that he was going to have a backstage meeting in AEW with Chris Jericho and FTR to maybe smooth over some issues that Jericho and Punk have had in the past? Mm-hmm. They've had it. Ah. Uh, it happened last Friday. So Wade Keller of PW Torch thinks, at least, but it has happened and it did go well. It was in Florida. Uh-huh. Keller speculates that maybe that is one of the reasons why Punk was in Florida when he caught that flight back. Yeah. And he was on there with WWE Quite people. Nice. Yeah. And then he was like, hey, I'm going to go to Raw. I've been invited to Raw by mm-hmm. these people. I'm going to do a hug. I'm going to squash beef with a Miz. And I'm going to get, when I get thrown out, I'm just going to say, okay. See that whole situation has panned out quite innocently yeah. warm and fuzzily hasn't it as has this meeting I guess it's almost it's a nice week for punk news yeah, yeah it's almost like sometimes speculation is a bit reckless yeah um, but uh, Fightful have some details of course uh, on the uh, on the meeting as well um, stating that it was relatively uneventful all things considered uh, and that sources are pretty sure that punk and Jericho will be able to work together without incident mm-hmm. this is a funny bit uh, one source claimed it's positive that Jericho and punk didn't fight uh, <laughs> and then added yet jokingly yeah, yeah. so good stuff across the boards uh, punk's been out since September suspended you know the drill mm-hmm. probably coming back for collision June Jericho and him has been speculated as maybe the, the, the top guys on that brand yeah here you are. It's yeah, collision almost is feeling. It's starting to remind me of the launch of Dynamite. Yeah. When you had Chris Jericho as this lead heel and the elite as the baby faces, it's odd that Punk finds himself in the elite spot. You <gasps> could well see a JAS versus Punk and his friends feud yeah. to lead up to the big 
Punk Jericho match. It's look. I think ultimately this meeting, in a very like real sense, was necessary for Collision because you would assume that Tony Khan is going to want to be promoting that show with. But even if they don't have to be friends in a press conference or whatever, he's going to want both yeah. at the same time. He's going to want to be doing all the lead-ins, all the marketing, all the promotion with both guys' faces on there. You would guess that without this meeting, that wasn't a guarantee. And in light of everything that's happened to get us to this point. I don't know, like putting a face on it at very least was a necessity, wasn't yeah. it? Like this has got us to that point and it's wrestling, they've got to trust each other. We'd love to hear him about him having a meeting with the Elite next. Mm. I, is that even possible? I don't know. Let's we see. shall see. We shall see. Let's go to the Twitter questions. Okay. Let's lighten this puppy up a mm. little bit and just talk about some stuff. Uh, the first one, I say Twitter questions, this is actually from the great YouTube community. So thank you, a YouTube community, for feeding us with these delightful crumbs. <laughs> uh, like the butcher's got on his the, shoulder. <laughs> they speak to him. It's great. I love, the, I love that man. So yeah. He's so great. Uh, Barden's been on. Uh, hello. Do you guys still think that LA Knight will be able... I've picked things that have no relation to this okay. video whatsoever right. to just have a clean break. Uh, do you think? Do you guys still think that LA Knight will be able to continue his push even after not being on the WrestleMania card? I'm dubious of this now that we know that Vince has the final say oh, on yeah. all things creative. But I think they shoot. Mm. He is over. He is fun. He is cool. And I like him. Yeah, same. Um, agree with all of that. There was uh, nothing based on speculation, but this idea that Elliot Knight was very much uh, not a Vincent Man guy, but a Triple H guy. Yeah. And I think in the time when it felt like Triple H had not sole control, but you know what I mean, the most control he had, Elliot Knight felt like he was in a plum spot. Uh, he was the guy, he was a ghost at the feast at WrestleMania, wasn't he? Like everybody that was there spoke about how there were chances for him across the whole weekend, all the shows, and the fact that he didn't feature seemed like an egregious error. Felt like the closest we've had in years to WWE audiences actually having a bit of a protest, though, yeah. quite honestly. Yeah. Um, all the rumours about him winning money in the bank, I'd just like to see it happen. I hope that like Triple H can get that in pen before Vince zooms in, like quite literally on the Zoom yeah. call, and just insists he removes it. Love Ellen Knight. Yeah, he's great. Mm. He's fun. Do the thing. Yeah. Uh, next question comes from L. Sean, who says... Hello, Gunther and Gilbert. <laughs> Fair. Uh, uh, yeah. Who do you think will take the international title from Orange Cassidy? One of the best champions in wrestling oh. right now. Um, who do you think should and who do you think will and who do you think should? Right. I've got so all right. I've got a will and a should for that. Okay. I mine's the same answer. Is it? So I think Will might be Pack. At Wembley, okay. in a revenge act for losing it in the first yep. place, as Orange Cassidy continues to have more limbs falling off. He doesn't have to fly to the USA for that one as well. Indeed, so. yeah. It's an international title that kind of puts over the new title that's been given, which is yet to be. I think it was Canada, maybe. It's the only time it's been defended yep. in international waters, so it's a big moment for that belt, at least. Should, I think, title for title, he should lose it to MJF. Ooh. The cruelest outcome. <laughs> the uh, MJF is about to take on three pillars that are not as big and strong a pillars as... Orange Cassidy. Yeah. So I would like to see, like, following the Four Pillars match, you get MJF versus Orange Cassidy, title for title. So my Wood and Shoot are the same. Will and Shoot are the same. It's Konosuke Takeshita. Ooh. Uh, the theme of this title so far is just banger TV matches that yep. go, like, 12 minutes and are fun against a variety of opponents. It's kind of it's a true work rate title. It's a, almost a true TV title. Yeah. He defends it almost every week. It's a lot of fun, and it's it's been a really great title reign. 
Takeshi is perfectly suited for that because he's a phenomenal wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's obviously got his elite storylines, adjacent stuff going on at the moment, but I think he'd be a great person to put in that slot. Uh, and also, like he could take it back to DDT and defend it there, and it's a true yeah, international cool. title even more. Uh, I think that's cool. Vindicates um, Don Callis as the invisible hand, doesn't it? Yes. That, like him getting on, getting in his business is actually been justified by him winning a title there you go yeah. there you go story stuff uh, last question very serious this one okay. Scott Law asks what's your favourite dinosaur ooh I always like the stegosaurus because of them plates I thought the... you were going to say Bobby Fish <laughs> <laughs> I mean folks I always say this I always say this Bobby Fish is uh, like 13 years older than me but I look 13 years older than him so it's yeah, fine don't he does, worry he does it's, all okay. Right, yeah. it's okay he's a good looking man I look like ass anyway <laughs> yeah I'm a steg guy yeah that's, uh, <laughs> a stegosaurus I've always been a, ste- always been a stegosaurus guy fair enough they've got spiky ass tails yeah spiky backs I like the Verdilophosaurus or the Velo- whichever one it's not the Velociraptor whichever one absolutely owns Dennis Nedry in Jurassic <laughs> Park like, I just drops him in the car, in the car. Yeah. Uh, I'm an Ankylosaurus guy what what because is that so it's a little flat boy, <laughs> shockingly, but it's like a low-level beast. But it's like hev- heavily armoured, heavily right. armoured. You cannot kill this Mother Hubbard. Oh, yeah. And it's got a club tail. Like a Mario baddie. Yes. Yeah. And it's got like a club-ass tail. So like it just cruises around and predators try to pick on it. And it's like, I'm going to club you. Yeah. It breaks their legs. And also, it's like really armoured, you can't kill it. And also, insult to injury, it's a herbivore. So it's, oh, it's just walking man. around. It's it's not doing any alpha stuff. It's just eating its leaves, being chill. Imagine, T-Rex tries to kill it and he just kicks its ass. Imagine getting beat up in the club by a herbivore. <laughs> like, you couldn't show your <laughs> yeah. face to the other carnivores, could you? Back at the tree. Yeah, <laughs> Back at the lake. You're out here hunting bloody Brachiosaurus, long necks. You try and tackle this little flat guy. You just get your ass. Oh no, he's broken my legs. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. What made you extinct? Uh, the shame. Yeah, <laughs> so he'll kick your ass. He might leave you for dead, but he won't even eat you. He right. won't even have the decency to eat you. Quality. That's, Love. Like, that's a good attitude. I'm going to let you live. I've, and then it just slinks off. I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us on today's news video. We'll be back this afternoon. You can follow us on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, you can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow me at Andy H. Murray. The H stands for Hoop64, the Hoop Shank Redemption. <laughs> thank heavens it's almost <laughs> over. Uh, see you later. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.